Gracious Heavenly Father, your love is so sweet and so assuring to us because you are our good shepherd and we are your blessed sheep. Truly, your goodness and mercy follows us every day and our heart overflows with joy and gratitude. As we begin to read and reflect Peter's first letter, Holy Spirit, help us realize again and more how much we are loved by the Father. In the most amazing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Peter's greeting in his first letter is one of the richest salutations to open a letter in the New Testament. It contains both pastoral warmth and theological depth. It's so beautiful and so profound that some scholars have a hard time to recognize Peter's authorship of this letter. But Peter, as you know, they're saying that Peter was a fisherman. And for fishermen to write this kind of letter, profound, beautiful theology, is they think is impossible. Well, Peter was a fisherman for sure, but he was a fisherman who became a disciple of Jesus and was trained by Jesus for three years. For me, there is no better seminary, no better theological training that one can have than being taught by Jesus for three years. And we already know from Acts chapter 2 what Peter was capable of. When a challenge arose to explain the fulfillment of God's promise of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached his first sermon unprepared, on the spot, and his impromptu sermon converted 3,000 people. So let me give you uh, two important background information of uh, 1 Peter, and then uh, get on our, uh, word, our reflection today. Peter wrote, this letter in early 60s, 80, 60s, 60s, some say 61, 63, it's all around the early 60s, just a few years before the Nero's, uh, Emperor Nero's uh, infamous cruel persecution and Peter's ultimate, uh, oh no, persecution and Peter's ultimate crucifixion in Rome, to the Gentile Christians, to the Western region of the Roman Empire. Although Peter was called to be apostle for Gentiles, I mean, Paul was called to be apostles of the Gentiles and Peter to be apostles for the Jews initially, at the end, Peter served both the Jews and Gentiles. In that sense, Peter was faithful to Christ's great commission to make disciples of all nations or all people. Peter today greeted Gentile Christians with the two important terms. 
that is, elect and exiles. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse 1, to the God's elect and exiles. Both elect and exiles, these terms describe the identity of Jewish people in the Old Testament. And you will see 1 Peter intermingle this Old Testament theology with the understanding of a Christian convictions. Elects and exiles are interrelated terms to describe the Christian identity and life. Elect define our relationship with God, and exile define our relationship with the world. One is a vertical, the other horizontal. Together, elect and exile, exiles show us the purpose of our Christian life as well as our position or our post in the world. Let's reflect on these two important terms of our identity, our identity today. First, what does it mean that we are elects of God or chosen by God? Many Christians immediately think of elects in the matrix of a Calvinistic predestination or Armenian free will. Well, I want us to know clearly today that Jewish and biblical meaning of election is not about salvation, but it's about vocation. Let me repeat that. Jewish and biblical meaning of election is far more about our vocation than our salvation. In, in other words, Israel was not chosen for election so they could have a BFF, you know, best friends forever status with the God of creation. They were chosen by God so that they can fulfill humanity's primary vocation of being God's image bearers in God's world, shining goodness, truth, beauty of a creator in all creation. God did not choose Israel so that they could merely occupy a strip of land in the Middle East with a capital in Jerusalem. The logic of Israel's election was not that God choosing one ethnic group in order to condemn the rest of the world or allow them to remain in the pagan darkness. The logic of the election of Israel was God choosing a certain people through whom he would rescue the world with the light of his love. By the way, this is why I appreciate the biblical theology of anti-right, because he explained very clearly and thoroughly the logic of a Jewish election is tied to how Paul understood the justification by faith or God's calling of us. Biblical election means we, the elect, are called by God for his purpose. That's why in the verse 2 explains, Peter said, We've been chosen according to foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Here once again, election involves the whole Trinity. We are chosen or elected by God the Father through the Holy Spirit to obey Jesus. Election in the Bible is not a dead end. Let me repeat that. Election in the Bible is not a dead end, but a dynamic entry into Trinitarian life and divine mission. 
We are God's elect, or chosen first, first by God, so that we can show and share the original overflowing love of God called grace with the rest, rest of the world. We are chosen for the rest. Elects are not frozen chosen. Elects are faithfully called out ones. Peter said, we are sprinkled with his blood, blood of Jesus. You know, that implies that we are the temple of God in Jesus Christ. Who, you know, sprinkled with the blood, this is a temple language. This is what priests, after they sacrifice the animal, spread the sprinkled animal's blood on the altar and around the you know, temple. We are sprinkled, sprinkled with the blood of Christ. That means we supposed to represent and show Christ as God's temple. Now, second, Peter also called the Christians exiles. Here, we must notice another incredible, amazing fact that Peter called Gentile Christians exiles. The term exiles was what Jewish people were experiencing in the world ever since their Babylonian captivity began. Peter was equating and comparing Gentile Christians to Jewish people today. Peter said, you Gentiles, Christian brothers and sisters, you are not cursed one. You are God's elect and God's exiled, scattered in the world. Scattered in, scattered in Greek text is a diaspora, from which we have English word dispersion. The first people in the world history who embodied dispersion or scattering as their constant reality was a Jewish people. If you know a little bit about Jewish history, even in Europe, they've been constantly persecuted and mistreated and rejected, and they have to migrate one place to another. Some Jewish thinkers and some Christian theologians say that Jewish people represent all the migrant refugees, uh, asylum seekers, and marginalized and discriminated people in the world. By the way, this term exile, Peter was not saying, or simply talking the war to me, join the pity party, let, you know, let's commiserate together. Peter was simply reminding us of the word of Jesus, the children of God, though we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And we shouldn't be surprised by the mistreatment and the different values of people around us. Actually, when we look strange to the world, that is a sign of our faithfulness to God's calling. So instead, we should, when we are mistreated in the world, we should embrace our identity and calling. Because we are not just scattered in the world. We are scattered because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and with his good news and also with the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. We are scattered like a life-preserving salt and darkness-illuminating light, elect and exiles of God, in one word, are essential people in the world. So let us remember, we are God's elect, and we are God's 
exiles in this world. Let us live out our God-given essential life faithfully today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for electing us to be your people and your children. We thank you for this glorious purpose of life that you called us before the foundation of the world, according to your foreknowledge and through the Holy Spirit for the obedience of Jesus Christ, your Son. Help us embrace our identity and calling as exiles. Help us not to be shocked when the world mistreats us or treat us unfairly and cruelly, but rather rejoice for the mistreatment because it confirms your word that we, although we are in the world, we are not of the world. Our identity and calling are ancient and divine. We are loved by you and called to live out faithfully as Christ showed us. Empower us to live out our, ex our ex exilic life faithfully and love others with a heavenly love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our electing God and elect Savior, we pray. Amen.